what will happen is that we have a we'll have a police force that uh, that is being run by or, or led by uh, a person that's uh, that's perhaps has uh, gonna, is going to have influence from the premier's office. That is leader of the opposition Andrea Horvath speaking today about the story or the headline out of Queens Park. And when the message is is about you and not the agenda, then you are losing. Now I don't know why Ron Tavener was hired or who had a hand in it. I just know that you know the critics like Andrew Horvath, smell blood in the water, and they are not going to let this go. And the hiring of Commissioner Tavener is political on every side. There's politics being played on every level, including in the upper echelons, likely, of the OPP. But the bottom line is, like his brother Rob Ford, critics will oppose every move he makes, which means Doug Ford has to be smarter and better than them. But he did triple down on this hire today, and he can... But he has to be able to back it up. And right now, the opposition is demanding that Tavener step aside. They also want an investigation and a select committee to investigate. Now, what is that? That's the same thing that ended up breaking the power plant boondoggle that we ended up spending billions on. Here is Ms. Horvath. Commissioner Blair notes correctly that these requests are at a minimum, quote, a minimum, a violation of Ontario government's financial policies. That's why today, amongst other things, I'm calling for an internal investigation into those re- revelations and that they be referred to the RCMP. Mr. French must step aside until these investigations are complete. So Ford is, is saying, yeah, this is sour grapes, and that, that may very well be the, the case. Because keep in mind, the person who filed the complaint with the Ontario Ombudsman just happens to be uh, the guy kind of holding the fort at the OPP, interim commissioner Brad Blair. And he was in the running for this job. So maybe Ford is right. Maybe this is all about jealousy. But when it comes to politics, it all comes down to optics. And right now the optics are not great. And the opposition will be just fine with that. Because their strategy will be keep casting doubt on Ford, keep derailing his agenda so that he cannot deal with the day-to-day business And his mandate looks to be in chaos. The politics of politics is never and never ending. Let's bring in uh, Dennis Matthews, who's got a lot of political expertise. He's uh, vice president in marketing and communications now with uh, Enterprise Canada. He joins us now. Dennis, when it comes to politics, you know, you've lost the plot when you're not talking about your agenda. And right now, Doug Ford is not talking about his his agenda because he keeps getting derailed by the politics. And, and maybe he's asking for it. Where are you on this? You know, so Alex, where, where, where I am is, I think there's a lot of media out there in, in Canada and, and frankly around the world too. They look to the U.S. and they look to Trump and, and that's the frame that they're viewing things in these days. And in particular with the FBI and, and other sort of investigations and in Trump land. And they try to apply those same lenses to other jurisdictions. And where I think I, I am in, in Ontario is I'm seeing a lot of that happen here. And, you know, Ford's for a bit off message because the OPP and his appointment as a new head. But, you know, I really, I, to be honest, I think it's a lot of much ado about nothing. And he's sort of he's sort of thrown off because there's a lot of comparatives to the U.S. that don't really exist here in, in Ontario. And, and it's sort of a frame he's stuck in. And you know, I think it's been hard for him to get out of that out of that frame. 
And, you know, it, it's been a bit of a struggle recently, to be honest with you. Yeah, but as you know, in politics, it's all about the optics. And so most yeah. people who don't kind of keep their nose into the politics of this, they just see these headlines constantly and you see a government in chaos, even though this may very well be all very normal. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's, it's more normal than, than people think and sort of hearkening back to that, that frame I was, I was just talking about. And, you know, look, Alex, we don't live in a, in a police state. And and what I mean by that is the head of the OPP or the head of the various police forces across the country are appointed by politicians. That's how it's been since the beginning of time. That's what it always should be, because if we don't like the people they appoint or if the process is sour, if the process is great, we get a chance at the ballot box to sort of say, hey, I like the direction it's going or I don't like the direction it's going. And, you know, Ford has appointed somebody to head the, the OPP. I, you know, I don't know this individual by all merits, you know, 50 years in the police service, like seems qualified on, on the surface. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, at least we can hold Ford accountable for that. And, and where I'm getting concerned on this story is you're seeing a lot of people saying, well, political interference, we can have politicians involved. I want my politicians involved in appointing these people because I can hold them accountable for their decisions, good or bad. Right. But the problem is when it comes to, let's say, the OPP, you know, they were kept very busy with the last government. Um, yep. And so I think a lot of people are looking and saying, hold on a second, we cannot have any doubt um, when it comes to the, the leader of this province and any possible investigation that might be done into his government. And look, Ford may be right that this is sour grapes, and this may be very acceptable with everyone else, but the bottom line is Doug Ford runs by separate rules. He and Rob have different rules, so they have to be better, smarter, uh, and simply do things differently. Yeah, and- I, you know well, I think, Alex, you're right on the on the sour grapes front. And, and one of the things I'd like to see in more of the stories on this is that, you know, the, the interim head of the OPP had applied for the permanent job. You know, he didn't get that. And, and again, I, I don't know whether he's qualified or, or not. Obviously, if he's interim, he's, he was qualified to, to do that. But, you know, I, I think the sour grapes thing has some merit here. When, you know, somebody applies for a job and they don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sort of have that as your lens with everything that they're, that they're saying. It's, it's at least part of the frame. Yeah, there's no question there's politics being played with the opposition. That's their job. And and there's no question to me that there's also politics happening within uh, the OPP. There's politics being played on every uh, side of this. But, but again, yeah. um, you know, I don't know Dean French. You might, mm-hmm. but it's a guy that Doug Ford trusts. But I do think he has to go because the story keeps being about Dean French and, and, you know, his name keeps coming up on all these stories, whether it's the OPP, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, the story on the van, he keeps coming up. And therefore, once he's the story, that's not going to become, you know, any easier for Doug Ford. Yeah, like, no, I mean, I understand sort of like the, the frustration I think you're hitting at. And, and as a conservative activist and somebody who's worked on campaigns, like I, I sort of understand, you know, why, why are we talking about these issues and not some of the issues that were, were part of the campaign? But, you know, and you, you sort of hit at some of the, the um, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, some of the chaos that's been part of the Ford, you know, brand in, in Toronto and in Ontario for some time. But, you know, what I think voters look at each election cycle and to the extent that they follow things in between is what are the what are the results? And, you know, what I haven't seen thus far with the Ford government is they've been dealing with these controversies, controversies, and they've been dealing with things that have sort of thrown them off message. But, you know, when you look at the economic statements, when you look at the big policy directions of this government, you know, so far I'm giving them very high grades for that. And so, you know, when I look at these the stuff they're dealing with, you know, whether it's with the with who's running the OPP or, or similar things, you know, these are, in, at least in my opinion, I think in a lot of voters' opinion, more minor compared to the cost of living challenges, the job challenges.
challenges, the economic challenges this Ontario is facing. I don't think we want to lose sort of sight of that in, in the mix of all this. Yeah, and one of the issues that's being discussed at this kind of strikes at the very brand of Ford, and that's this revelation by the um, uh, by this interim OPP boss, Brad Blair, that basically suggested Dean French had asked for a camper-style van to be yeah. purchased and kept off the books. I want you to listen to the audio and the reaction sure. from from uh, Andrea Horvath of, of what she said. because It's had a, lot a of bad fun episode of Pimp My Ride, where the premier actually asks the OPP to put together a, a camper-style vehicle uh, that's pimped out with all of the Premier's uh, specifications. All right, and so that hits at yeah. his brand. And, and yeah. I don't know if this is true or not. I understand uh, through Mr. Tavner's comments today that uh, Ford wants a bigger vehicle to be able to get around the province. There may be very logistical uh, and, and, and purposeful reasons that they want this. However, the notion that it's being kept off the book strikes at his very brand. Yeah. And, and if it was true, it would strike at his brand, you know, uh, in, a, in a very bad way. So, you know, Alex, I knew, I knew we were going to talk about this today. So I, I called a friend of mine who works in the premier's office and said, I'm seeing these stories like this doesn't sound this doesn't sound great. Like sort of what is the what's the real story here? And, you know, what I was told and I'm happy to pass on, on to you is that at the end of the day, all that had happened here was the premier mentioned to, uh, you know, a, 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 an OPP officer, somebody he was with that, hey, we're going these long ride, you know, these long drives. Right. And he, he's driving three, four hours across the province, to different, <laughs> different meetings. Is there a vehicle that I can work in while we're, we're doing things, something a little bit bigger so that I can, you know, have staff or, you know, fire up the laptop or do other things? And suddenly this gets spiraled into the, you know, the premier's requesting a, a gigantic camper van and an, an entourage style um, ride across the province. And I don't think that was in any way the intent of the of the premier. There was certainly, at least from my understanding, no no attempt to say, hey, hide this cost. In fact, it was the opposite. I want to do something that's basically no cost taxpayers. Is there an old, you know, bigger vehicle kicking around that, that we can use? Not, please keep it off the books. You know, that's what I was told, and I'm happy to pass that, that on to you. But, you know, I think these things, just, they tend to spiral. And, you know, it's a communications challenge in, in this sort of 24-7 media cycle to, to get a hold of these things. But, um, you know, I, I've interacted with, with, with Premier Ford a bit and, and know him and, and the Ford brand. And it just doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would call up and say, hey, give me the million-dollar camper van to go across the province. You know, it's, no, it's it, not who he is. And, and, you know, I think if you, if you take a look at that and say, does this really make sense? Well, you know, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. However, uh, loose comments like that uh, can be taken and spun and he has so much um the critics hate him whether it's some of those in the media there are certain media that want to go after him on every move he makes he can fart and you know that's a controversy so there's no question he's got to be he's got to be careful and i get why he would want a guy like dean french around him he trusts him there's very few people in politics you can trust but he does have a very good team of people around him that have a lot of experience how do they turn the page on this yeah, no, I think, like, look, the Premier's got a great team around him. It's, it's a mix of people he's worked with in, in his previous life. It's a mix of a lot of people from, from Ottawa and from the Stephen Harper government. He's got a really great team, uh, you know, a really great group of people. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, this government's sort of six months old, and I, I feel like sort of in the media world we're in today, you, you know, it, it, there's so many there, there's so many news cycles and stories. You tend to think, well, these guys have been around for years. Why haven't they ironed all this stuff out? You know, they're a six-month-old government. They've got a lot of uh, folks out there who, you know, didn't want them to win and aren't happy that they've they've won and, and sort of finding ways to, you know, at every every corner, whether it's a spurned, uh, you know, public employee who didn't get a job he wanted or, or other things, they're finding ways to sort of go after them. And 
And, you know, if I could give these guys, um, you know, some advice, I'd say you got to grow some thick skin. Uh, <laughs> the budget's going to the budget's gonna really matter in the spring. You know, you had a great economic statement this fall. Don't lose sight of, of that. Um, and, you know, keep your head down and focus on, on delivering results for everyday working people and their families. And if they do that, you know, they will win re-election. If they get lost in these sort of controversies of the day and, and let them blow up into bigger things, you know, well, they won't be rewarded in a few years' time. No, but I think Ontario's now getting a taste of, of the, the Toronto media, which drive much of the message. And i got to be honest, yeah. outside of Toronto, they're probably pretty furious because the issues they want addressed look like they aren't being addressed. Yeah, it's, it's a snake pit in Toronto. And, and you know, I, I living in the city, I mean, when, you, when you're here, you've got CP24, you've got all these like news channels that are on people all the time. It, it's sort of a real cycle. And, and I actually think it's, it's unfortunate for people. And I know you've got listeners all across the province. And it's, I think, sometimes unfortunate and a disservice to, to other parts of the country because, you know, there are real issues facing this province, whether it's, you know, affordability, whether it's the opioid crisis, whether it's long commute times. You know, these are the things that we desperately need to be talking about. And, you know, some of the stories that the premier is requesting, a, you know, a multi-million dollar luxury, you know, sort of like like he's a rock star going from event to event ban is, you know, it, it's a figment of people's imagination. But, hey, we're talking about it here tonight. It obviously, it's, it, it's sort of part of the cycle, so to speak. No kidding. Stay tuned. Just another three and a half years of this, uh, if we can all survive. Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That is Dennis Matthews joining us tonight. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.